Namaste. Welcome to Such Conversations Matter. Conversations which represent the future we should have. I'm your host, Saurabh Nanda. Today's guest is Lakshit Mittal. Lakshit is a management and policy consultant. He finished his engineering from Punjab Engineering College, Chandigarh, and which is one of the best in the country, and then decided to get on with the consultancy track, which a lot of engineers in India do. He worked with McKinsey and then ZS Associates. But he felt this need to see the impact of the work that he was doing. He couldn't see that impact because he was working mostly for uh, overseas clients. And that's when he decided to actually do something about it. And he was one of the first people in India to join Ayushman Bharat, uh, the uh, national level insurance program that India runs, which is probably the biggest in the world, impacting 550 million people. He has worked with the National um, Health Authority in order to implement solutions. And we're going to talk about that a lot. And post that, he started his own organizations as well. Currently, he is the track chair of Health, Wellbeing and Youth in the Y20 Engagement Forum, which is a part of the G20 uh, presidentship and all the programs associated with it because India is the current G20 president. He's also a consultant with a tech startup working on healthcare in Gurgaon. In today's conversation, uh, we are going to discuss with Lakshit a lot about how youth today can be involved in governance, in politics, and how we can actually change things from within. How can, uh, what are the various myths around joining politics and so on? Where is the modern India going? And then how to use technology, data to improve things. Lakshit and I first talked in uh, one of those lockdown months in 2020, where I needed uh, some help regarding uh, finding the contact, uh, per, you know, of a particular person working in a big organization. And he was very kind enough to, you know, share that with me. We then uh, talked for more than one hour uh, about all the things that uh, both of us were doing and, and how we shared the same ideals and how we uh, both wanted to engage youth in more governance-oriented activities so that India can achieve its true potential and become a leadership beacon for the rest of the world. There's a lot to discuss and that is why let's not waste any more time. Let me invite Lakshit over. Hi Lakshit, how are you? Hi Saurabh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And I'm so glad finally we were a we are able to do this. I think it's been a few months now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think both of us had some busy schedule over the last few weeks. So, uh, but so glad to be here finally and uh, speaking to you and to you to people uh, in your audience. So great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. The pleasure is all mine, uh, Lakshit, and uh, thank you for taking out the time uh, to do this. Now, uh, let me quickly begin by asking you a question, which I ask uh, all my guests. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I call myself a lockdown podcaster because that's when I <laughs> finally started my podcast. So uh, how have uh, the last three years been for you? Uh, interesting question to start with. Okay, so uh, I think last last three years um, have been pivotal uh, for me. Right. Um, I have, I was like last three years is like 2020, right? So like 2020 is when I uh, ended up my stint of working with the government. So I was earlier working with Ayushman Bharat team. So I was part of the uh, founding team of Ayushman Bharat government of India, right? So uh, I was working there uh, and then I had just ended uh, like just, uh, you know, resigned from there. 
uh, and I entered political consulting, right? Uh, a domain that I knew little about, the, a domain that I was very fascinated about, right? So uh, it, it was a pivotal in the sense for, for what it taught me, right? Um, I, I like to quote it in like a PPP principle, uh, right? Where it is not a public-private partnership, but it is like, you know, I really got to understand, you know, what are people's priorities? How do they convert into political priorities? And how do they end up making into policy priorities, right? So that is the PPP framework, I think, that I learned, uh, which otherwise, as a common citizen, we observe, but we, you know, have, uh, you know, our, like, dissipated ideas about, right? So I could properly formulate of how this entire circle works. So in that sense, it was a very, uh, you know, very... Uh, defining or pivotal or you know learning experience for me uh, and that is what has shaped my recent journey as well so like I went into the uh, worked with the government few political parties uh, you know ran their election campaigns uh, and I really got attached to this process uh, of how you can you know you can do good uh, through governance and through uh, these uh, political platforms right so and then uh, just the last year uh, December 2022 uh, I was nominated as a track chair for Y20, which is G20's youth engagement group. Right? So I'm extremely thankful to our honorable prime minister uh, for giving me the, this opportunity. Um, and, you know, I had I have uh, worked with the government for Aishman Bharat. So they gave me the track for health, well-being and sports. Uh, so I am uh, really, you know, it's really excited to uh, contribute uh, with my existing learning and also learn more from various delegates in the G20 grouping. Uh, right. So uh, in that sense, it has been very uh, uh, like, you know, great uh, journey. And I'm looking forward to how I use these last three years experience uh, to, know, you know, shape my next 30 years of life. Wow, that sounds amazing. And and Lakshad, what have you been doing before 2020, uh, before the pandemic, essentially? Yeah, so I, I graduated, uh, I have done an engineering from PEC, Punjab Engineering College, Chandigarh, right? And I went on to work with uh, ZS Associates after it. Uh, I had a brief stint with McKinsey as well. And then I worked with uh, ZS Associates. Uh, so I worked on, in the consulting domain, uh, essentially with uh, healthcare, uh, pharma uh, companies, which were the clients for these uh, for for ZS and McKinsey, right? So I worked with them, did a lot of analytics, did a lot of problem solving, and you know, uh, tried to make some business impact. Uh, but you know, somehow, some somewhere down the line, I felt that the impact was somewhere else, right? Like because most of these clients were based out of the US, right? And I felt that I I, I need to feel something closer home, <laughs> right? I want to see how my work or what I'm doing on a day to day basis impacts people that I regularly see that I meet uh, on the road uh, you know going going uh, from my office uh, to home and home to office right so uh, that made me uh, transition and I went on to work with the government of India I was fortunate to be part of the founding team for Aishman Bharat so I led the uh, analytics team uh, there I set up the entire monitoring and evaluation team uh, for that program uh, it was a very wide program, right? Impacts 55 crore uh, people in the country, more than 10 crore families, uh, right? Provides them five lakh insurance, health insurance uh, to, uh, per per year, right? And saves about six crore people from falling back into poverty, right? So this was when you know I could see that okay, this is what I'm doing, 
and this is how it is impacting right i i, I got to visit a lot of uh, villages a lot of cities a lot of healthcare centers a lot of i interacted with a lot of people on the ground and you know they would come to tell me that you know this is the problem we are facing can you solve this right uh, and some of those problems we could really solve and it was so good to you know finally see the impact of that work so <laughs> uh, that is what i was doing so it was mix of consulting uh, problem solving and governance uh, before 2020 that sounds amazing and i'm going to delve into it a little bit before we actually move on to you know our our main uh, topic for the conversation um do you recall any particular uh, problem uh, that you came across because these are highly complex problems that you were you know involved with um they have variables and in in multiple di- dimensions and there are things that you don't really you know even count for and there are uh, you know uh, things which are never part of the problem statement but they only surface later on so <laughs> do you recall any particular incident uh, where you were there and you know some things just took you by surprise and how did you manage to you know solve them yeah actually i'll i'll over deliver here right i'll give you two examples <laughs> you ask for one but i'll give you two so uh, like one of the problems was that you know uh, in the in, in the initial architecture of the program right so uh, the program was designed in a way that there was a pre prepared list of beneficiaries that government decided that these are the 55 crore people who will uh, who would be the beneficiaries under this program right but how do you identify if on ground this is the same person as in the list right so uh, the initial architecture said that every beneficiary will give some document and someone will manually screen right someone will say that okay this is lakshit mittal's uh, aadhar card driving license whatever and you know this is lakshit mittal on the list so compare me my photo my parents my age etc etc manually do this and say that okay now this is a valid lakshit mittal and you can issue him an e card right which which is essentially enrolls me into the program right uh, but now given the manual intervention and given the scale right what this did was there was a lot of backlog so at a particular time uh, there were about 20 lakh people waiting to get their cards right and 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 see this these are not just waiting for the getting their to get their e cards they waiting to get treated right some of them have serious diseases right very serious diseases right so they waiting to get treated so and and this is none of no no one's fault right like uh, <laughs> it's not the government's fault it's not the person's fault it's not anyone's fault so i would i thought is like okay like i need to solve this right so uh, i found this problem on one of my visits um, to to kerala right so and i was like i i want to solve this so i had earlier done some data science work i thought okay this can be you know an algorithm can be built on this right this can be solved this is a data problem i have two data sets i want to identify i need to identify if the two data sets give me the same result or not right so this can be done uh, let's put a data uh, science algo to this and get this solved so, right so we did build that algorithm i was glad that uh, there was uh, will from the senior leadership from the ceo of the um, program from the uh, ministry etc right so the, there was will and they uh, you know uh, gave me the opportunity to build this and we built it and imagine so a person waiting for 10 days for the e card now had to wait just for 10 seconds so <laughs> and that 20 lakh queue uh, you know got got cleared like in in within span of minutes right so that was the level of impact as well and also that was the level of a, a simple solution which in the corporate world might look like a simple solution right but in government and in, in 
in areas where you impact so at such a scale it becomes a lot more complex right so but a simple algorithm could do this and like i was uh, fortunate enough to be able to uh, do this be part of this right and secondly uh, the second thing that i said for over delivery <laughs> right is uh, uh the beneficiaries uh, you know they didn't know as to like how much of treatment they have already taken and what is their amount of insurance benefit left right which is very important in order to plan right uh, some medical treatments are generally of two types right one is elective and one is selective so right? like uh, which you can plan they want to plan accordingly they could never do this because they did not have that view right so we thought like okay this can be done so everyone has mobile phones these days most of our beneficiaries had mobile mobile phones so let's make a mobile uh, application of this right so uh, we designed the mobile application we got it built and uh, you know the senior leadership put it to the prime minister that uh, this is something that we want to do and uh, fortunately the honorable prime minister said that okay i'll be i'll be the one launching this application because this has such a uh, great impact right so uh, and then we had to get that application out within one month but we were able to do this and he launched it so which gave it the user attraction and adoption that it needed right so and now people had access to all their data uh, all their information uh, which was which was really you know helpful to them wow well, these are amazing examples <laughs> and and congratulations uh, on on you know uh, doing this i mean you you definitely did what you were supposed to do and probably over delivered uh, on on top of that and so but like as you said you know uh, somebody from the corporate world if you just take out all the context from it they will be like oh essentially so what you did was you you figured out the kyc protocol for the insurance claim and then you also prepared a dashboard for the consumer to see whatever is left <laughs> but when you did that for a program like ayushman bharat which impacts 55 crore people that is an astounding achievement and and i i uh, i don't know i mean if if you're uh, you know still uh, in touch with whatever is happening in ayushman bharat but uh, what other uh, you know achievements or what other improvements have been made uh, to the entire program yeah so uh... Uh, otherwise like you know th- this is what we were doing operationally right but there are a lot of uh, policy level things uh, which 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 can be done right like so aishman bharat in its starting moment was just an insurance benefit right that uh, you get right so um and it's and 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 you know like what makes this uh, super complex in government system is that government uh, like india is a federal country right so and health is a state subject right so it's not that like one person sitting at the center can decide that this is this is need this needs to be done and it will you know flow down to 55 crore people you have to meet 28 states eight union territories right you have to consult them you have to bring them on board you have to you know uh, convince them that this is what is important right and they are the final decision makers so it is any single change is that kind of uh, an exercise uh, right so we did that for the two uh, things that we uh, discussed right so uh, that was the complex part and so the team has been solving all of these complexities right they were, they have been trying to bring multiple states on board right uh, the coverage has been expanded in a lot of states to the universal level that the entire state's population has been covered under the program right so the team could make the states realize the impact of uh this program and they uh convince these states to expand to uh, all the people in the state right that is one uh the other is that uh the, the in 2019 the prime minister uh, honorable prime minister actually launched aishman bharat digital uh, health mission right which is abdm 
now which what this does is that there's a lot of uh, a lot of healthcare challenge in the country is about connecting primary secondary and tertiary care right i'll, I'll, I'll skip the details about this uh, technical details about this but uh, basically people do not go to the right uh, doctor right like if i need a primary care doctor if i need to consult a primary care doctor they uh, i might end up going to a secondary care uh, doctor right so that is one gap and the other gap is that i might not remember my history right i might uh, have developed one disease today which is connected to another disease which i faced like 5 years ago but i do not remember it right so uh, it's not there so right this is the pro- uh, this is the problem that ebdm solves right so uh, that has been launched and that has been going really well from what i know is it has pro- it has reached about 2 crore people already in the country right 20 million people so uh, these are some of the great uh, new things that the uh, that that they have been doing so uh, and based on the one another example is that you said you are a covid uh, podcaster right so one Prime, prime thing that each of us faced during covid is the covin application right the covin application was designed on aishman bharat uh, technical architecture right that was ex- uh, essentially bo- uh, like you know had uh, its inspiration from uh, aishman bharat architecture so how to issue certificates like how to uh, track the vaccination delivery life right so and they built the covin application from it and this so this aishman bharat program was run by national health authority nha right so nha was one of the uh, bodies which was which was pivotal in developing this covin application as well so all of the vaccines that we have uh, i would say thanks to nha for it <laughs> all right wow i want to go deeper and deeper into this because this is such a fascinating topic in itself um <laughs> but i'm going to control myself over here and so lakshit now you you're, you're um, can you explain once more and and sorry for this because you know probably we we've discussed quite heavy stuff already and just to bring the listener back to the context once more can you tell us what exactly you're doing right now what all uh, positions you hold and so on yeah so currently i i am doing two uh, two different things essentially uh, one is i'm working uh, with the g20 grouping i'm part of i'm a track chair at g20 youth uh, right uh which which is so g20 is a global organization for uh, for for viewers who might not know right it's a global organization it's uh, uh it has top 20 economies from the world right 86% of the global gdp is represented in g20 and 60% of the global population is represented in g20 and india is presiding over g20 this year right so under it i am the track chair for it so we are consulting all the stakeholders in india uh and also the g20 nations uh, seeing what are the challenges that india can help solve right and seeing uh, what are the challenges that the world face which can which india's leadership can help solve uh, through everyone's consensus right uh, so that is what we are doing so under under this g20 youth we have multiple meetings we have multiple consultations we have multiple programs uh, we are holding y20 chapals we are holding y20 talk we are holding y20 consultations right across universities across schools uh, across the length and breadth of the country uh, right and across expert uh, people as well as uh, you know uh, gen- like citizens right it's not limited to experts it's also to citizens right like, what does the citizen feel is the global problem and if they think that this can be a solution we are more than happy to hear right so we are doing going uh, going out uh, to the world to the country and asking them okay what is your point of view that uh, can shape india's point of view right so that is one thing that we, uh, that i'm doing at the moment uh, the second is that i'm uh, working with a health tech startup uh based out of gurgaon so 
uh, we we are trying to uh, solve some healthcare problems here again uh, it's a stealth uh, startup as of now so like uh, not a lot of uh, details uh, that i have for now but uh, you know trying to do something if you know can be good in terms of bettering patient access and patient uh, treatment amazing so which brings us to the core of the conversation now um yakshit uh, lakshit you have been you know working with the government as a youth leader uh, as a as a consultant and mostly when people think about youth working with the government they think about student unions political leaders for student bodies which eventually who eventually you know grow into the political parties uh, become youth uva uh, neta and youth leaders and then you know climb the hierarchy slowly and slowly uh, to essentially become you know chief ministers and ho- hopefully prime ministers right um how is youth governance how do you see youth governance in today's times different from the traditional political route that has existed since modern india yeah uh, so so i think uh, see there's a there's a lot of uh, difference uh, that has come about today in politics as well as governance like of course both are linked right but uh, there is a there's a good amount of difference as well now politics i would see i would say that you see as something that you uh, that one should uh, you know pursue if they want to uh, do good when they are in government right governance is not about doing good when in government government governance is about doing good round the clock right because the people have their problems and they need to there needs to be good governance out there right so uh, there is there is that distinction for sure right like once you are into politics you are aligned with the political party you need that political party alignment right for government you do not need that for government you need an alignment you need alignment with the people's problem right uh, so if you think that this is one problem that the Uh, country is facing that the people are facing or this is one area whose problems i want to solve for the country for the world right uh, then you pick those uh, problem areas and i'm sure every political leader or every government uh, stakeholder would want to listen to you because it helps them solve the people's problem right so uh, you're not party centric but problem centric right uh, then also uh, like politics has a different skill set right politics is essentially about channelization right uh it is about seeing what the uh, ground or what the people or what the voters want and then channelize to the right people to be able to solve this right governance is not about uh, channelization it, it is it can be about channelization but it is more about innovation right how to solve large scale problems with newer ideas with newer solutions right uh for example like payments was a big challenge in the country for a long amount of time right um uh, you had upi and now all of us i think have immense adoption to upi right like we can't imagine a world without upi right so uh, now we see other countries when when some people visit uh, you know for foreign lands they they really miss the upi there right like because the, the you see the uh, ease of living that it has provided to people right the that interaction so like upi is such a one, such a great solution to one problem that people should have better financial interactions right so in governance you need to identify these problems in politics you might need another other type of skill set and you might need another type of alignments uh, but if you really really want to contribute if you really are impact driven right governance or uh, you know you a person participating in governance is always a possibility wow 
So, unless and until you're a problem solver, you can't really become uh, part of the youth governance end, is it? <laughs> See, I think, I think uh, unless, unless you're a problem solver, there is only so much that you can do in the world, right? So, <laughs> it's not that you can't be, right? It is that problem solving is one of the skills that uh, you should have in order to drive and you know solve a problem but of course there's a, there are identified problems there are identified solutions right uh, like uh, it, it's like saying um the, the, do the operations of the pro, uh, problem sol- solution do not matter right they do right so if you're good at operations if you're good at you know something getting something delivered right of course there is space for you right? it, it was more of a, a philosophical or ideological uh, differentiation but yeah there's space basically right and i'm sure like i would like it's a personal recommendation that if someone uh, does not see themselves as problem solvers they should work with someone on a problem they are solving and imbibe those skills right absolutely important irrespective if you're in governance or not perfect well sorry for putting you in the spot over there uh, why i asked that question <laughs> was primarily because a lot of uh, young people who listen to this um, they should know that uh, 21st century skills one of the skills is problem solving uh, critical reasoning and you know uh, and it's not only problem solving it's complex problem solving because the world is becoming increasingly complex and the world of governance and politics and uh, leadership of a country um, or leadership of uh, citizens is is extremely complex it's not at all simple in fact many political leaders many many uh, you know thought leaders many uh, you know uh, researchers they they um, akin um, you know becoming a politician to three major problem solving areas that they have to counter uh, one is getting elected which itself is a huge problem in a democracy um second is uh, governance which means once you're elected then you have to make sure that things go according to you know uh, what what you have uh, planned for and third is policy making and uh, you know which which itself is 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 a completely different pandora's box altogether and there there are very few if at all any uh, leaders uh, in the entire world in in our modern history of the last 200 300 years who are excellent in all three you know uh, it is it is just very difficult to do that and that is why there's always a team behind good uh, governance good government and so on and so forth and and you can be part of that team as a youth so it's it's not just about solving highly technical problems that lakshit does uh, but also solving problems in different areas as well so so just to just to add here sort of make absolutely great point you made right so uh, and i'm and i'm no technology uh, cs happy person right i just try to do bare minimum with what i know but having said that right so like uh, so i think it, it, what what uh, is also important to understand is that uh, the country needs its youth to participate more and more in governance because uh, you know this is the first time that we have a truly globalized educated learned youth right in the past if you see the literacy re- levels were not as high the globalization was not as deep rooted right now at the click of the phone uh, at every youth's hand you have the ex- you have access to the world right so that is the skill set that our youth has and that is the skill set that is needed to solve governance uh, problems or to be participant in governance right uh, like we 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 often tend to say like you know we 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 hear people saying that you know political leaders are lesser educated not literate etc right but let's take that mindset off for a minute and realize that politics is a different skill set right and that skill set is not harbinger on uh, you know education on formal literacy right but 
once that leader is in power, once that leader comes to defining policy priorities, what they need is you, is the globalized educated uh, youth to provide your perspective, right? So you are now essential and all the leaders, right, in, in their same mind are looking for youth's participation and uh, to for you to lead from front the problem areas, the solutions that they want to see in the country. Right. So there is absolutely uh, great political, uh, you know, will to involve the youth. It is time that the youth steps up and brings their skill sets to the table for India to be able to solve its problems and for the world to be able to solve its problems. Absolutely. I think that makes complete, um, you know, sense because we have the largest youth population in the world. And uh, <laughs> if we do not, uh, you know, make use of this demographic dividend, then then we are missing out, uh, essentially. It's not that we're going to die or, you know, anything like that. No, we're still going to be there. But then we are, we are missing out on this opportunity that the youth is there. And, and probably, I, I personally feel that, you know, with the industry uh, changing, we, we are in the, uh, you know, industry 4.0 or society 5.0, whatever you want to call it, we're in that age where people intensive work is reduced uh, from going to factories and so on and so forth um, so what what will essential essentially you know people do and when i say people the new uh, youth which is coming into the workforce right what will they do and and i talk about this a lot in in uh, whenever i talk about future of jobs that if machines are going to do your work then what are you going to do well you are going to do what only humans can do which is solve problems of other human beings and india's youth China's youth, Pakistan's youth, Nigeria's youth, Indonesia's youth is poised to do that because these are the countries which are dealing with simultaneous issues of uh, not being developed yet, at the same time having a huge population who needs work and to be engaged. And this is where we need to, you know, uh, completely channelize their energies to. Right. So you mentioned about Industry 4.0, right? Uh, like that is one of the themes that we are, uh, that we have raised in uh, Y20 this year, right? That one of the themes that we are addressing, right? So you see that the political leaders at that level know and they realize that we need to prepare ourselves uh, for the upcoming changes in the industry, in the technological area, right? It is now for us to provide the solutions. It is now for us to say that, okay, this is how we can take advantage, right? So India missed out on industry one, two, three, uh, right? Uh, because of various reasons, colonialism, etc. Right. So, uh, but now we have no reason to miss out on Industry 4.0. Right. And the political leaders, the political uh, stakeholders have realized this. They have put the political will behind this. They have brought this as a theme under Y20 uh, this year. Right. So it is now for us to help the country realize how to best utilize this uh, opportunity. The machines, the Industry 4.0, is yet to be developed, and we. As the largest, uh, you know, as the youngest country, one of the youngest countries in the world, the largest, uh, you know, youth population, we are the people uh, that, that the world is looking for, uh, looking to, right? It's not just India, it's the world that is looking to us uh, to define the next uh, few decades and century. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, the, the challenge over here, Lakshad, I feel is when I, because I deal with youth on a daily basis. Um, that's That's essentially what my profession is, right? My day job. And when we, when I talk to youth, none of them have ever, ever thought of going into governance, going into uh, politics. 
may be a little bit about policy making that too you know when when i tell them what policy making is all about then then they start thinking about it but they've never really thought about it they don't really want to go with it i am talking about youth which comes from the privileged backgrounds in in the country like you and i right uh, because only they can afford uh, some of the services that we have mentorship and counseling and so on whereas the rest of the population uh, population which cannot really afford these services yet and they are not uh, you know privy or they do not have access to the kind of opportunities that uh, we are probably theorizing about sitting in our you know comfortable ac rooms right now they will look at power from a very different lens they look at power prestige uh, access and uh, growth uh, from a uh, perspective of the local leader because there are no other reference points so when they look at local leaders they hardly find any local leaders uh, worth emulating because getting into the development sector is is has its own challenges so most youth will not really you know be very enthusiastic about it they see uh, government servants uh, you know collectors and uh, commissioners and so on and so forth they know they will have to study too much the competition is too high it again fizzles out uh, otherwise they look at uh, another government job which which you know uh, again takes certain things to get into so essentially even if you get into them they're not really leaders so when they see the local leader they look at the politician they look at the mla they look at the party leader who is there and that youth gets inspired by that person a lot which creates this huge divide between the youth sitting in ac offices and the youth in in the rest of the country the real india probably and that is why there is this huge gap between them do you think that gap reducing now or how can we do it how can we reach out to more people to actually tell them that this is not how it is uh, how you might be thinking it is anymore it is very different yeah see so i think i think um, like in my interactions over the last few years when i you know visited like lots of villages across the length and breadth of the country right um a lot a lot of tier 3 tier 4 cities uh, right my interaction tells me that the perception that we have uh, is slightly biased and you know preconceived right the youth today absolutely is uh, aware of what they want right uh they do look up or they do follow uh, uh, their local leaders right but they also pinpoint uh, when they when they're not doing something right right uh and they know how they want to chalk out their territory right so that uh, thing is starting to shape up because now there is, it is not limited to local right so like everyone uh, sitting anywhere in the world right has access to uh, what 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 the leaders in the us are thinking what the leaders in the in europe are thinking what leaders in the in the country at the central level are thinking right so everyone has that information access that information is no more binding on these young people and that there is no gap of information between what is available to a metropolitan uh, youth and what is available to uh, to the youth in tier 3 tier 4 or villages right so that gap has as absolutely gone right and the youth is aware so i think uh, that is a slightly distinct uh, understanding that i have drawn for myself in the last few years but having said that right so i see a lot of people you know like i was just 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 day before yesterday talking to one person who has who comes from a village near indo uh, has the startup called harvestify like what they have done is they have brought 15000 farmers under their collective helping them uh, understand what is the right uh, crop to grow 
right uh, how to grow this in proper quality proper quantity right uh, considering the climatic factors etc and then they have built uh, you know uh, engagements and built partnerships with major companies uh, you know such as cadbury such as amul such as uh, you know like you name it in in the fnb industry right so they have made that partnerships and their channel is channelizing the output uh, from these 15000 farmers directly to these companies right so this is the youth that we are talking about from the tier 3 tier 4 cities from the very you know hinterlands of the country right so now the youth is definitely doing it the youth is looking forward to it right so uh, the only thing that might be lacking is at the personal level how much of initiative that youth wants to take right how much of um, information gap in terms of access has reduced but are they consuming the right uh, information or not right so uh, someone i think at 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 you know a mentorship level or at a uh, you know guidance level needs to see uh, if there is a business model if there is a workable model to reach to these people and tell and guide them on how to utilize information properly right they are already doing it there are already evidences that this has percolated but with this framework in place with this mentorship and guidance framework in place we can accelerate it really fast right i think that's the difference we are going to bring otherwise we absolutely have you will see a lot more startups coming out of uh, you know these uh, very small uh, geographies as compared to metropolitans in the next few years it has already started to happen and it will continue to uh, happen and it will grow right uh beyond startups a lot of people from uh you know these places from from tier 3 tier 4 again like the uh, smaller geographies have started to come and join mncs right so like i started uh working in 2015 right so and i realized so i i this is just generally uh, something that i see right i realized that a lot of people were uh from delhi chandigarh right i come from uh, tier 3 my city myself right so there were lesser people like me now i see more and more of people who are who have similar background to me right like from a tier 3 city from the villages right so that uh, movement has already started we need to see uh, at a mentorship at a guide, guidance level as to how we can accelerate this space absolutely absolutely in fact I, you know my next question was uh, going to revolve around entrepreneurship but you've already answered that and and uh, you know i've discussed this uh, with uh, ashutosh ji who was there uh, as a guest in the previous episode uh, he's the ceo of jagriti yatra and they are trying to um, encourage entrepreneurship in middle india they they call it middle india because it's it's not the rich india it's not the poor india it's the middle india middle class you know uh, everyone has their own definition of middle class so <laughs> they don't call it middle class they call it middle india 700 million plus people and the only way to yeah. generate jobs or have equity in any way is is to start your own thing solve problems at a local level and they're doing it in eastern up and and uh, which is probably uh, one of those areas uh, in india of course development wise it is uh, you know lagging behind but uh, it is also one of those areas where the trust factor is is quite low and you know in an entrepreneurial ecosystem trust is important and that's what ashutosh and i discussed in the previous episode as well and slowly slowly that is changing as well and and you know more people are becoming facilitators as you said mentors are required 
um, India is the <laughs> is the global capital for many things. Uh, I discussed with Aditya Malia uh, in one of the episodes about India is the fellowship capital of the world. India was already the NGO capital of the world in 2007 when Dr. Manmohan Singh actually announced it. And uh, today, probably India is the incubation or startup incubation capital of the world with having more than 1,800 incubators all over the country. And more are still coming in. <laughs> So, so I, I, I completely resonate with you when you say, you know, uh, mentorship and things are changing and access to information is there. Absolutely. Um, Lakshad, my question is that, you know, when, when somebody looks, uh, uh, talks about politics and, you know, because America is the biggest economy and the biggest cultural influence on the world, um, their democracy is, is one of the oldest uh, and one of the biggest. We, we see a lot of references from the American democratic model. Um, no democracy is perfect. It cannot be. But uh, we see a lot of references, right? We, we, we see that there are young students who are getting involved in debating clubs at, at high school level. And then they are moving on to, you know, the two-party system. Uh, essentially, they will probably be independence also later on we don't know but but there is a very structured channel created over the last 100 years or so in the u.s where in the smartest of the class would aspire to be in politics maybe they at initial level they will be you know lawyers or uh, somebody else but they will aspire to be in politics because they know the smartest can only solve the most complex problems I'm not saying that the, that the system is perfect and they all the smartest people have been able to solve all America's problem. But there is a channel, there is a system over there. Do you think such a system exists in India? How does it exist? Obviously, it has its own version. And if it doesn't exist, what are we doing in order to create such a system so that more and more smart, motivated people uh, get into governance, get into politics and get into policy making? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think uh, sort of uh, two uh, parts of uh, this answer, right? Like one, uh, these things have started to come into picture in India as well, right? Like so, you see a lot of uh, there's a boom of political consulting organizations in the in the recent few years, right? So, and and they give you the chance to earn your bread, uh, work. Uh, experience what politics is experience what elections are experience talking to people etc right and decide for yourself if you want to be and a lot of people from these organizations have taken a political plunge uh, as well right so one is uh, you know that sort of an ecosystem which has uh, started to shape up uh, second is there are a lot of think tanks uh, which have uh, come about right like then they provide you the opportunity uh, to do ground reporting to do you know some uh, research work at the ground to understand what the real issues are and channelize uh, to the government and then you know be involved in the political process as well right uh, some of the solutions are at the government's end some of the solutions are at politi- political and right so they they help you connect and in in, in the in the i, I just uh, to put an example right in the current cabinet if you see right you have so many people who are not active politicians right who uh, who have worked extremely well uh you know in their areas uh you know they have made their mark they have uh, contributed immensely um in, in terms of governance in terms of leadership but uh they they do not have a typical you know grassroots uh r- r- rising uh to where they are currently right so there is acceptance as well right now the political process in that terms uh, in that sense has become a lot more open Right. So there is acceptance, right? Uh, that is, there, so there, there are absolutely these channels, but of course, there can be a more, a bit more structured uh, formulation. There can be more uh, 
uh, structured um, way out, right? Uh, and that will eventually show up. Every democracy is in a different stage of development, in a different stage of, uh, you know, life, right? So, and they develop uh, in their own sense. But uh, having said that, right, like now uh, to come to the second part of my answer, right? In my own personal opinion, I don't think structure is what is missing, uh, which is, you know, restricting people from entering politics. It's the lack of understanding of what really politics is, which is missing, which is restricting people from participating in uh, politics, right? And like, so when I started to work uh, in this area, right, I started to like the immediate immediate questions, uh, sort of you will be surprised I faced was, are you ready for the violence? Are you ready for the corruption? <laughs> right? Are, uh, are you, are you, uh, how, how would you manage your finances? Right? Uh, how, are you ready to, you know, uh, be, be, you know, starving and, you know, uh, working for a few years and then be, you know, uh, be, fill the rich with corrupt money? Right? <laughs> so these are the questions, misnomers that I have been facing. Right? Uh, but it's absolutely not the truth. Right? Uh, you don't need money for politics, right? Like you need money for politics, but you don't need that money to be in your pocket, right? Uh, if someone sees uh, that you are proper at channelization, that you have a political mindset, that you have the orientation to be to be able to use a political platform correctly, someone will put, put the money behind your back, right? So there is uh, that uh, room which you need to fill in first before someone else fills in with the structure, right? And Politics is a groundwork activity, right? Politics is about understanding people, about understanding people's problems, right? So till the time you one doesn't do that, right? There is limited scope of getting proper political participation or to be of immense value in the political process. This is in my personal opinion. Someone might disagree, but you know, I, I feel so, right? So you really need to see if there is a structure or with the lack of the structure, can you really uh, go out and see what the people's problems are, right? Because once you do that, you have a say, right? Once you do that, your perspective will change, I'm sure, right? Like a lot of people, for, for just for example, like a lot of people have their opinion on uh, reservation, right? Uh, let's say, right? Now, it's a very uh, politically sensitive topic to touch. It's a very, you know, but everyone have their opinions, right? I... I, what I'm saying is that you go out on the ground and realize for yourself what is the reality of caste in India. Is there the reality today or is it not, right? And find the answer for yourself. And you don't need any any structure for this, right? Just go out on a weekend, talk to people, right? See who are the people working in slightly lesser skilled jobs, who are the people working in better skilled jobs, right? See with a caste lens, right? And you'll get your own answer, right? So it is also the uh, initiative that one has to bring, uh, right? There was there was an era uh, in Indian politics and in Indian governance when uh, you know money played a bigger role when criminals uh, like when it was a lot more factors right but now the system has become a lot better the system has become governance delivered the people want delivery right people have stopped to vote if they get a five hundred rupee note on the day of voting right uh, it, it is it is absolute myth uh, that you can win uh, elections with uh, money today. Right. You might give out a lot of money to the people. They might accept, but they'll not vote for you. Right. Because they realize who is going to deliver. The delivery has become the central pivot of uh, political process. Right. So you need to uh, understand and see that if you can deliver or not, that is the essential skill that you need to build. And then the political process is absolutely open.
Great, great. I'm I'm going to you know shift the topic because again this is one of those rabbit holes that we <laughs> might not come out of because we'll have different opinions and uh, so on and so forth. And uh, but 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 I uh, completely you know love the optimism that uh, that you're bringing uh, back with your real experiences because it is changing. Things are changing. Um, it might not be visible to all at the same time in the same way, but things are changing, and that is why uh, you know. Uh, the future looks better than what it is today. Um, so, Lakshad, there is this huge aspect of data. Uh, you know, I, I think it was the late uh, later years of the last decade, well, uh, the first decade of, uh, you know, 2000, um, when when data and technology really started impacting Indian politics a lot. And then, you know, uh, the biggest parties started investing a lot in it. The government started investing. 2008, I think, when the UIDAI project was launched and so on and so forth, right? Um, how does data matter today? And has it been able to bring more transparency or has it... Uh, being still at you know at a level where um, some people can control it. Uh, great, great question, uh, Saurabh. And just to be clear, I don't think UIDAI was a political data process. <laughs> it, it was a governance <laughs> data process, right? So I'll I'll just draw that distinction. So, uh, but great question that you know, I think there's a lot of um, data, um, you know centricity that has built in in the political process as well in the governance process right a lot of the policy making has started to be decided based on real life evidence right uh, earlier i think the mechanism to decide policy making to decide a policy might have been that okay this looks good to do let's do this right now i can assure that the policy making mindset has changed people first of all ask that what where is the data Right. Where is the evidence that this is the problem and this is the problem, how it how it is impacting, what geography, what demography, what age, what gender, right, etc. Like who is it impacting? Right. So there is definitely that uh, data centricity that has come about. And there are a lot of platforms, a lot of organizations which have come about uh, around this. Right. Uh, secondly, uh, data has also become very centric to political process. Right. Uh, now. Um, the, the time for centrally decided things have stopped, right? Uh, you see that it's, it's the people who are guiding uh, that this is their core need and this is what they want solved in this elections, right? And the leaders, the political stakeholders do know this and they do have immense focus on understanding this before they be, uh, you know prepare their election pitches, right? The, the election manifesto process, right? The that every party releases has become a lot more data centric. They first go out in the ground and see what is the, what are the problems that people are facing, right? They try to understand each uh, constituency, can be assembly constituency or parliamentary constituency, right? But there is that data orientation which has come about. But having said that, data is a very subjective thing, right? The more of data you have, it adds to complexity and the lack of data you have, it adds to a good amount of challenges as well, right? So, Indian governance and politics, I think, is at a slightly nascent stage in that sense, right? We do not have great amount of data to be able to really guide good policy, good politics uh, yet. The systems have started to come about, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, systemic uh, things that we need to bring in. There's a lot of data standardization that needs to happen. There's a lot of, uh, you know, data separation that needs to happen before it enters into political process. For example, like, uh, you know, like, uh, privacy is a big aspect, right? So I don't want uh, my health uh, data to be shared with any 
political or governance uh, uh, you know stakeholders but i do want them to account for me when it comes to uh, help uh, policy making right? so their data separation is one of the uh, things that we need to tackle a lot more deeply right uh, so there are uh, these uh, avenues available uh, which need to be built but data centricity and data like mindset around data has definitely started to build perfect perfect in fact um some of you who are listening to this and and uh, if you feel that you won't like to know more about data uh, you know we had a fascinating conversation with uh, som paul and devishri rakshit a few episodes ago and a few months ago um they are building their startup uh, based on blockchain and uh, you know they're doing wonderful things over there um they they talk about data in a very different way because india is Uh, one of the four models in the world where how data is being used differently we we use data for public welfare which uh, is now being you know uh, i would say emulated by various other economies i think some 78 countries in the world want to use the upi system now <laughs> if i'm not mistaken there might be more yeah it's it's a proper india stack now so it's not just upi yeah so it, singapore recently launched upi right so you might know uh, and then now it's a proper india stack which includes i think more than 10 services Uh, under its uh, ambit which india is now exporting you know in exporting to the world you know now, now india has become that solution provider right like and we need to take absolute pride in it right like so our technology our services sector has groomed itself so much so well that we are able to build an india stack and sell it to the world uh, out there no absolutely absolutely and and you know this is this is critical to uh, the world's development as well in fact even if you talk about sdgs and and i look at sdgs how they are but i also see them from a very data centric perspective that essentially sdgs is a data collection exercise that data comes in from all different uh, corners of the world it's fed into the different indicators and then uh, we you know use those indicators to see whether the goals have been achieved or the targets are being achieved which further fuel into the goals being achieved and so on and so forth so data has become that uh, part which can essentially you know, help us whether to know whether the world is moving in the right direction or not and now uh, the the challenge uh, there are of course challenges with data as well as and you mentioned it as being a data scientist yourself you mentioned them so beautifully that's that's amazing and and that is another way you can get into youth governance by the way a lot of uh, young people who are listening to this um lakshit you know we we've talked so much and and i'm not going to take more time but i definitely want to know um, you know uh, g20 presidency and please correct me if i'm wrong is for one year for every country right in the g20 and uh, it has started for india um, looking forward to the next you know 10 months uh, in this but what after that uh, what are the plans after that and you know uh, the second part of this question is personally for you uh, because you know uh, you you are one of uh that that segment of of youth who have involved themselves in the youth governance so integrately in fact you remind you you actually remind me a lot about shankar shivam singh who got involved in uh, you know uh, with the bjp in 2013 and currently he's pursuing his schwarzman fellow uh, program in in china uh, so what are your plans for the future as well yeah okay i'll, I'll go uh, like uh, with the first question uh, right uh so g20 presidency like india is absolutely you know as the prime minister honorable prime minister guided like g20 presidency india absolutely wants to be uh impactful uh and decision oriented and you know real life uh you know implementation oriented it doesn't want to just focus on a white paper development or a uh, theoretical development right so there is absolutely going to be great focus on what can be done what are the consensus that india can help draw 
and India is absolutely rightly placed uh, to be able to do that, uh, both in terms of culturally, both in terms of its position in the global ladder, uh, right, and both in terms of its own uh, solutions-oriented mindset and its diversity that it brings, right. So uh, we we really can help the world put uh, different pins together uh, to make a coherent story, right. So that is definitely there. And going forward, I think what is important is that uh, G20's presidency in India has come at a very you know uh, crucial time in the world right so this is the first um, like f- first year of g20 when all the engagements are ap- happening offline after covid right the earlier two presidencies were completely online right so uh, it has become at a, it's come at a very crucial time and the world is facing immense challenges right there's a conflict going on uh, in in the eastern european part of the world right um, there is inflation there is challenges to the economy there is rising healthcare risks right there is <clears throat> Uh, changing dynamics in terms of industry 4.0 that we talked about, right? So all of that uh, is what we will want to provide solutions to. And once those solutions have been defined this year under India's presidency, India will be leading a lot of these solutions uh, going forward for the world, right? There are other platforms. So we'll, we are a member of the G20. The presidency might not be there, but we are will be a member, right? So we'll continue to uh, build on the solutions that we have provided and get them implemented across the board, right? Uh, we are participants in other uh, international organizations, right? So, and we have that uh, scale and we have that buy-in from other countries that they're willing to listen and be helped by India, right? So we will continue to drive. The brand India has established itself and we will continue to use it to, you know, help ourselves as well as help the other people in the world. Right. So uh, I think that's that's with the G20 uh, presidency part. Right. So like coming to the second question, I think personal plans is uh, to to use uh, this platform, this opportunity to uh, the best uh, to help the country, to help myself learn a lot more about the subject, about people, about perspectives. Right. Um, and, you know, build on this learning to help solve more problems, uh, reach out to the world um uh understand you know what we were able to facilitate and what we could not facilitate one of the things that i really really want to do going forward is help uh startups in the uh like across the geographies but essentially in the uh, middle india as you said right or some people also draw this distinction of india and bharat <laughs> right so uh startups in the bharat um, part of the uh, country right really help them i would really want to help them build uh and like solve them few initial challenges, raise those, raise that money that a lot of uh, startups are looking for, build their technology teams that they're looking for. Right? So I, I really hope uh, to learn uh, from people as to the solutions that they're working for and contribute to uh, their solutions development and business development in whatever capacity I can. Amazing. So we're looking at an amazing mentor for all the youth uh, who are especially interested in the healthcare sector to solve problems uh, but also uh, you know uh, getting into governance youth and uh, youth engagement and so on and so forth um lakshit last two questions very small questions uh, if uh, you were to give some career advice to young people listening to this uh, some people who want uh, want to probably emulate uh, your steps in the career uh, what advice would that be so I think uh, two advices. One, uh, like, you know, you can choose your passion, work for it, right? And ensure that you you 
give earn your bread at the end of the day but in the middle of all of this right make sure that you go out in the uh, on the ground and learn about life learn about people learn about their problems take a few months break take a few weeks break take a year break or whatever permits uh, your time span or to- your activity right uh, or your dynamics but do take out that time and see the world right and the second advice connected to this is not it is not a pro- professional uh, thing but i see a lot of people focus on travel which is a great thing uh, there's a lot more activity in the travel tourism industry but i would suggest that visit uh, than just travel right so in in hindi what we say is that pravas bhi karo sirf paryatan nahi karo so thoda pravas bhi kariye visit a place be there and talk to people you know understand their life their culture in depth and see what how we can uh, help cross cultural collaborations uh, to solve you know to 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 you know better uh, integrate the society at large amazing amazing and and you know uh, just i think a couple of weeks ago uh, i i finished my article which was pending since september if you remember you know i had shared some photos with you uh, when i was in himachal and uh, <laughs> we were both chatting about that so i finally finished an article around uh, career breaks and why they are important for you uh, even if you're just a student so uh, i'll i'll put the link of that in the episode notes guys uh, i've given some tips how to approach career breaks and i think uh, you have lakshit's advice now to to probably do and implement it um lakshit last question uh if there is a single sentence or a one liner that you would like to give the world to make the world a better place what would that be that uh so i think one one line that i can share is like you know like um is investing in youth and passion is the least risk and most high return uh, investment that you'll ever do uh so do invest in youth around you and do invest in your passion uh with full confidence and with full rigor amazing beautiful Lakshit it was an amazing conversation with you thank you so much for taking out the time and uh, sharing all these wonderful insights with us thank you so much sir sir for having me it was great talking to you and i uh, look forward to meet your audience sometimes uh, and i please do uh, guys do connect on linkedin or whatever wherever you want to and i'm happy to talk to you in person in meeting as well Thank you for listening to this episode of Such Conversations Matter. Please share this episode with your friends who you think will benefit from this conversation too. Please like this episode, subscribe to and follow our channel on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram and all major podcast platforms. We would love to hear your comments and feedback. If you think such conversations are important and should continue, then please consider donating. You could treat me to a coffee or an expensive dessert. Take care and keep thinking of the future we should have.